Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Good morning to everyone watching online as well. It's good that you've joined us today, wherever you're watching from. Um, Amy last week she did a great job of talking about how God wants to encounter you and I and and how we as a church get to create spaces for people to encounter Jesus a wonderful start to the series and if you're new here what we tend to do is we'll focus on a particular topic for a length of time, maybe sort of four weeks at a time. And, and this is our expansion series, which, as the video said, we heard from Pastor Simon about that. That's his vision for the church at the moment. He's currently with Ali. They're in a church in Singapore. Uh, they get back Monday. Uh, and they're, they're just doing a, a tour at the moment of some churches in Singapore. And they're being exposed to some wonderful things that God's doing there. So pray for our senior pastors that they be refreshed, uh, filled with vision, and, and come back re, re, recharged, re-energized, ready for the new year. Um, so, today then, Amy spoke last week about creating spaces. I, today, get to talk about making disciples. Step two of what was said there, making disciples. Uh, we've got them there. So, create spaces to encounter Jesus, disciple people to serve their communities, raise leaders that plant churches that repeat the process. That's the sort of vision that we're talking about at the moment. So, I get to talk today about making disciples. And the verse that I want to start with uh, is where, really, it's, it's where Jesus commanded his church, he commissioned his church to make disciples. Like we, we didn't make that one up. That's not like, look how good the vision is. We invented this. You know, like Jesus told us to do this. Uh, so it says this in Matthew 28, 18, known as the Great Commission. Then Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amazing. Amen. Great commission there. Um, If you have been around church for any length of time, uh, maybe you've done the New People's Course recently, you may have heard this. We've got something which we'll refer to, you may may hear it be called the discipleship pathway. Um, And it's language that we have given to kind of um, bring a definition to what discipleship means for us here at One Church. So we've got got a picture of it here, and there's three sort of sections of it. This is us defining what we mean by discipleship. And it says, so encounter God. This is a little bit about what Amy spoke about last week, that God is a God to be encountered. This isn't just a, a thought, an intellectual exercise, but, but God is real and he wants to be a part of our lives. And we can encounter him in moments like this. And then the, another step is grow personally, grow in our, our faith, our understanding, grow in our relationship with Jesus and with one another. And then lastly, go and make a difference, taking what God has done in our lives, what he's done in the life of this church, and then going out into the world, into our communities and actually making impact, making a difference, um, which I know Tom is going to unpack a little bit more next week and and those three things together that's not like a sequential order like when we encounter God when we grow personally when we go and make a difference and we repeat that is how we define discipleship following Jesus those things should be happening in our world and right at the start of what I'm going to speak about um, I wanted to highlight what I think is is a little bit of a problem uh, in our perception maybe of of the term discipleship and 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 what we think and because really Growing personally, growing in our faith and, and growing in our depth and our relationship with God, that, that, that is being a disciple. But I wanted to highlight this, that encounter God and go and make a difference, they're quite exciting. 
They're quite dynamic, aren't they? And powerful. Come on, we can encounter God. Wow, let's go and change the world. Don't forget to grow. It almost feels a little bit like, don't, like if that's the plate, that's the broccoli on the plate, isn't it? Like, we know we should eat it. We just, like, it's, it's not the most exciting one. Don't forget to revise before you go off. Don't forget your homework. Um, and even the word discipleship, disciple, it sounds like discipline, doesn't it? And, and I think the worst definition that we can bring, and, and if we understand discipleship, and we can confine that definition to, okay, time to just to live, I need to live a more moral life. I need to be a better person, right? Time to be a disciple. I need to get my disciplines in order, read more, study more, pray more. Um, we, we can kind of, it kind of has that connotation sometimes, or is it, is it just me? And, and, and the danger of that is that's so incredibly boring. If, if that's our definition, if, if, if by discipleship we mean, okay, time to, time to be a Christian, and by that we mean right, stop having fun and start being a Christian, start like, living more of a disciplined life, stop sinning and start doing better things, start living a more moral life. Like, we, we've missed the point entirely if that's our definition of it. Um, I love what uh, Bonhoeffer says. I make no apologies for reading another Bonhoeffer quote. Uh, it says this, being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and actively doing God's will. I love that. There's another theologian, uh, William Barclay, he said this, Jesus promised his disciples three things, that they would be completely fearless, absurdly happy, and in constant trouble. (laughs) Completely fearless, absurdly happy, and in constant trouble. I love that. And, And when Jesus locked eye contact with people and said, come and follow me, he was inviting them on the greatest adventure they could ever possibly imagine. And that call goes out to you and I today, come follow me, that is an invitation to the greatest adventure, to what, what we were designed to, to, to be and to become. And, and so my prayer is, as we talk about this and as we focus on a few things here today, that, that we would get excited for it. We get excited for, for what it means to grow in our faith, to be disciples of Jesus, to follow the way, the truth and the life. And for that to change every part of our lives and our thinking and our world. Is that okay? Amazing. To that end, shall we pray and then, then we'll, we'll continue. So, so, Father, we thank you that we can gather here today as your church in your presence. Lord, thank you for the moments um, of intimacy that we've already shared with you. And I pray, Lord, that as we just focus on your word, you would challenge us. God, reveal to us what it means to, to follow Jesus and, and how we should live. I pray that none of us would leave this place the same, but we would all be impacted by you and, and have a real hunger to, to grow and to learn from you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. wonderful. Um, so I, I, want to, I want to talk about two parts of discipleship uh, with one another today. I want to focus on two parts. Uh, firstly, what discipleship means for me as an individual, for you as an individual, and then what it means for us. Okay, so what it means for me and what it means for us, because, because really those are the two main aspects of discipleship, because firstly, what it means for me, like, it's, it's profoundly a personal decision to follow Jesus. Like, no one can follow Jesus for you. That, that is your choice and your choice alone, your commitment, your faith. No one can make that for you. I said to the young people last week that if this church is just your parents' church, it will be the most boring place on the planet. But discover Jesus for yourself. Like, no, no one can do that for you. No one can have a faith for you. No one can live out the Christian life for you. But um, we're not designed to do it alone. So yes, it's, it's an individual decision to follow Jesus, but we're not going to follow him alone. 
we, we follow Jesus together. And as a community, the, the ecclesia, the community that is the called out, the church of Jesus Christ, we are disciples together. So those are the two things that I want to talk about and unpack this morning. Um, so firstly then, what it means for me personally, what it means for us to follow Jesus. I'll read this, Matthew 16, verses 24, if you can pull that one up on the screen. It says, Jesus says this to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Just that last phrase there, that for me captures the essence of discipleship. It's the word follow. Like follow is an active word. It's this, it's this verb. It's like I need to be intentional and, and, and there's movement in that. There's no, there's no stagnation in that. I need to move if I'm going to follow Jesus. And who's on the front? Chris, you can, you can come and join me up here. Bring your phone with you. We'll need that as a prop. Like we, we're going to go back to the basics, okay, today. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, we're going to have a, a, a whistle-stop tour of discipleship. Now, Chris, I'm going to ask you, to follow me, okay? okay? And you and I are going to dramatize what that means, okay? okay? So everyone can go away knowing exactly what we mean by follow. Okay, Chris? I can just imagine the moment where Jesus spoke to his disciples. We're going to recreate that now. Chris, follow me. Okay? okay? I imagine Jesus did it better than that. Okay, right. You ready? <laughs> did he miss the trick there? Yeah. What's he not doing? Oh, I'm not doing it. Oh, okay, okay. Just, okay, okay, right, let's just try again. Okay. Chris Bright, everyone. Excellent following. You stay right there, stay right there. So there, there, was a, there, was a, there was a development in your following there, wasn't there? Where like, firstly you were just following me and then you started acting like me, which is good. We didn't plan that. No. Um, but, but that's part and parcel of what it means to follow Jesus, that we, we see what he's doing. What you needed to do was look at what I was doing yeah. and then, then imitate it. Yeah. And disciple, it, it, the, the essence of the word, what it means is it's student, it's follower, it's, it's, it's an apprentice. That, that when we're a disciple of Jesus, we would follow Jesus, look at Jesus and then imitate his, his life and, and how would Jesus act? What would he say? How would he be in moments like this? And that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So when Jesus says, come and follow me, he's like, come live your life like me. Discover how I do things, how I see the world, how I interact. So very good, Chris. Now, I, I went on a, a run the other day and it was at the same time where students were heading into secondary school. And, and what you need to do when you're running and when students are sort of like walking in is you need to give them a wide berth because, and, and it, it was really funny because I knew I was going to talk about this today, but not one of them was looking where they were going. Uh, can you guess what they were doing? Yeah. All on their phones, correct. Like, without every single one of them. Um, so, Chris, did you get your phone out? So, you are now a student in secondary school. <laughs> a little generational banter there, making fun of them. Uh, anyway, right, okay. So imitate an alpha, here we go. So you're on your phone, um, and, and now this is how they're walking. So when I'm running, I needed to sort of like, okay, whoop, without fail every time. Now Chris, what I'm going to do is ask you to do the same thing. Um, I don't know how this is going to go, because, going to go because you didn't exactly follow me perfectly the first time. <laughs> when you, but I need, you, I need you to, if you can message Amy for me, um, just like, just tell her, just message a few things, okay? And now do the same, follow me. Oh, <laughs> 
how close can we get him to the edge? Okay, Chris Bright, everyone. Well done. So, you can, you can stay there just a second. <laughs> I kind of want you to do the whole message with me now. Like, I hadn't thought about what else I could use you for, but we're going to. Um, so, so, when Jesus says, follow me, he says, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself is like put down, put down anything else that would, would take your gaze off me, lay that down, lock eye contact on, onto me, and then imitate me. Take up your cross, that means like take up the thing that I have called you to do. There's a task for you to complete, and then follow me. The trouble is, each and every one of us, if you pick up your phone, each and every one of us, we all have a phone. Um, there is something that's contending for our attention all of the time. And, and there, I think particularly, we were joking about generations, I think particularly for my generation, there's a, we're happy to have, you would call it like a polytheistic religion where we have lots of gods, where we have a little bit of Jesus over here, we have a little bit of maybe meditation over here, self-actualization over there, and then holistically, I will become the person I'm supposed to be. Like, Jesus didn't give us that option. When he said, follow me, put down everything, and follow me. And when we, when we try and do both, we do both poorly, I think. When, when we allow other things to steal our gaze, we're trying to follow Jesus, we're trying to do our best, but what else captures our attention? Chris, thank you, you can go and take a seat now. Chris Bright, everyone. Like, what else, what else is distracting us from, from following him? Because there are loads of things that contend for our attention there's loads of things that want to get in the way. And it could be that there's like our finances that we need to see to, family that we need to see to. Maybe it's our career that is the most important thing in our life. And for me, this, this is profoundly a, a lordship issue. Like, who is the lord of our lives? Because the answer to that question, who has our heart? Who is the most important thing? Or what is the most important thing in our life? That person is God to us. That thing is God to us. So if it is our career, we can make a God out of our career, an idol out of our career. Or even good things like our family, like our relationships, we can prioritise those things so highly in our life that they become God. And that's who we are following. And Jesus is saying, like, make me the Lord of your life. There's an old saying that Jesus is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. And it's really true. So, so the question and the challenge for us as an individual is like, who am I following? Like, who, who, is the, who or what is the most important thing in my life? Because the answer to that question shows me who my God is. And if I say it's Jesus, what does it mean to follow him every day? What does it mean to put him in the number one spot in my life? Do, do my words reflect that? Do my actions reflect that? Does my time and my priorities reflect who I'm saying I am following? Or is it something else? Am I saying it's Jesus, but really it's something else? For some of us, literally, it's the phone <laughs> that is the problem. <laughs> Because that's the thing that steals a lot of our time. But for others, it's something different. So what, what is it for you? Who are you following? And just specifically on this one, I wanted to talk to, to the young people. Like, just be mindful of who you are a disciple of. And the phones is a really interesting thing because there are loads of people out there on the inter internets that would be very happy to disciple you. But just on that, like, never allow someone to disciple you that doesn't give a rip about your life. Never allow someone to speak into your life or to steer your thinking or to, um, I don't know, don't absorb an ideology from someone that doesn't know anything about you. 
listen to people that love you and care about you and, and want to be a part of your world and then listen to Jesus. How am I following him? How am I prioritizing him? So, so the challenge is there for us, and I love what Eugene Peterson says this. He says, Christian discipleship is a decision to walk in his ways steadily and firmly, and then finding that that way integrates all our interests, passions, gifts, our human needs, and eternal aspirations. It is the way of life we were created for. I love that. So, so what, what does it mean for me right now to follow Jesus? And as we said, follow is an active word. We can't passively do this. So the challenge that we could put out in a way that we can talk about that is like, what's, what's my next step when it comes to following Jesus? Like, so perhaps you are new today, um, or maybe, maybe you're new to faith. And so Alpha, for example, is a great next step to take because you want to explore what it means to be a Christian and ask some questions and unpack that. That's a great next step in your discipleship journey. Or maybe you've been in this church for a few months now, and the next step is, right, I want to I grow as a disciple of Jesus, and that means I want to develop some good relationships with those around me. So how can I deepen those? A next step is I'm going to invite someone around my house and have a meal with them. Or invite myself around someone's house and they can cook for me. Like whatever the, that's the next step into, into deepening your, your discipleship journey. So the challenge and the practical thing that we could apply to following Jesus is what is my next step? And if you've been a Christian for years and years and years, that question should still apply. Like what, what's my next step? Like what's the next thing that I'm going to do to deepen my relationship with Christ and, to, and what's, what's God calling me to do in this discipleship journey? Where is Jesus leading me at this moment? What's my next step at this time? It could be going on mission. It could be joining a team. It could be starting something new. Like what's, what's he putting on your heart? But discipleship is active. There's movement. Following Jesus, it requires steps, movement, and action. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. So, so discipleship is, is profoundly it's an individual choice, but it's also something that we don't do alone. That, that as a church, we are called to make disciples. And, and I want to unpack that together now. We're going to read some, some scripture. So Matthew 13, verses 3. These are the words of Jesus. He tells this parable. Um, and, and Jesus, he, he talks about discipleship. So he says that people will know that you're my disciples when you love each other. So I mentioned this last year, but discipleship is revealed to the world in the context of relationships. So it's how we interact with each other and how we are together in community that shows the love of Jesus and shows that we're his disciples. So Jesus says this. I want us to bear that in mind when we read this. So Matthew 13, verse 3. It's on the screen. He says, A farmer went out to sow seed. This is Jesus talking. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still others fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears... Let them hear. I love what the disciples say here uh, in verse 10. The disciples came to him and said, why do you speak in parables? It's almost like, like Jesus, we understand what you're saying, but just like hypothetically uh, for our friends, like what, what are you actually talking about? Why are you speaking in these uh, parables? Like we know, uh, but so like he, he then in, in verse 18, he explains what he means by this parable to, to his disciples. And he says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. 
When anyone hears the message about the kingdom but does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecutions come because of the word, they fall away quickly. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So, so let's, can we unpack that together? So, so Jesus is talking then about people that, that hear the good news, hear about the kingdom of God, hear that they can have a relationship with him, hear that they can grow in faith and, and live this life of a Christ follower. They hear that and it has different results based on where they are at. So the first one he talks about, some fell on a rocky place and this shows a lack of understanding. So what did he say? The seed was, okay, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. So if people hear the good news, but they have no idea what it really is about, or what it means, how it applies to them, then it says the evil one comes, takes that seed, and snatches it away. And, and we can, in this space, we can preach Jesus, we can talk about his love, we can talk about the difference he'll make in your life, but if there's no real understanding of what that means to me, if there's no way that that can be outworked or processed, or there's no growth there, it will just... It will just go in one ear and out the other. And, and the reality is there's been people in many churches and in this church that will come in, hear the good news, eh, not really for me, and go. So the, it's almost like there's a, there's a challenge there. It's like how are we helping people understand who Jesus is, like how, how he is he's relevant to each and every one of our lives, how he's the saviour of the world and what that means for us. Like what, 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 how are we doing that as a church? How are we bringing understanding there? The second gets stolen away because people do understand it. They love it. Yep, that's for me. Great. But it says there's no root. It, it, it was done into, into a shallow context. So the moment life gets tough, that seed gets snatched because there's no depth. So again, that's another challenge for us as a church is how are we helping people grow deeper in their faith? grow deeper in their understanding, grow a, a firm theology that when, when resistance comes or challenge comes or counter thoughts come, it can withstand that. Because if our faith remains shallow and if there's no substance to it and no developed understanding of it, challenge comes, someone comes with a, hey, what about this? And then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, I, I have no answer for that. I'm out. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a, a real challenge for us in church to, to think through about how are we discipling people, because it's great, and I love it if people make a decision. Last week, people made a decision, didn't they, to, to follow Jesus for the first time. Yeah. And, and we celebrate that, don't we? That's wonderful. But, but what happens next? Yeah. What's the next thing that happens? What's the next step for them? And, and there is a challenge for us as a church to, to make a next step for people so accessible, so easy, so clear, that, that we quickly can bring understanding to, to what we mean when we're talking and, and a depth to, to faith that, that is consistent, that is robust, that will, that will stand the test of time and won't get snatched away. 
and it's fascinating that Jesus talks about the, the devil there because there is a counter agenda that doesn't want people to hear the good news, that doesn't want people to grow in faith, that doesn't want people to make an impact for the kingdom and would love it if it remains shallow. And the, the enemy, as Jesus spoke about, would love it if he could just snatch away the hope, snatch away the truth, snatch away the seed that was planted in people's hearts in this space or others. So the challenge is there first to figure out right, how do we create an environment and a culture of discipleship where people can grow, where there can be depth, where there can be something of substance in, in each and every one of our lives. There, there's the challenge. Um, I'll, I'll use this story now because I think it helps us. Um, my friend um, is in, I told this story last Sunday night for those at the prayer meeting. My friend is in the army and uh, he is a tank commander. So he, he uh, drives tanks, he trains people on how to drive tanks. Like, it's, just, it's the coolest job in the world. Like, I, I, when I talk to him about it, he's like, oh, so what do you do in the week? I'm like, oh, uh, I, I do that spiritually, I guess. Um, and I, we're, pre- we're pretty much the same person, you and I. Um, yeah, just, you know, mine's in the spiritual realms. Um, yeah, so he, he, an amazing job. He does that. He's done it for years now. And he told me about when he was on this um, training exercise and he had briefed his team about what each and every one of them should do and he was being observed about how he commanded this unit. And so out he goes in one of these vehicles and he's being observed um, and then he radioed in. He's told that the back door of his vehicle is left open um, and there's stuff just spilling everywhere over this range. So he has to stop. The exercise is cancelled and he gets in trouble, uh, and then he makes sure that every one of his team members gets in trouble, especially the guy that left the door open. He was really in trouble. So he tells me that story, and it was, it was a funny story to hear as all the stuff was spilling out of the vehicle. Um, months later, I'm in a church in Portsmouth, um, and I get talking to a young man, and it turns out he's in the army. I'm like, oh, brilliant. Like, wh- wh- whereabouts, are you, whereabouts in the army do you... Um, serve and then he tells me I'm like, oh no way like, my friend is in that part of the army too and maybe you can see where this is going um, and I tell him my friend's name and he's like oh he doesn't like me very much and I it's like I left the back door open I didn't lock it down things spilled everywhere and he was furious I'm like it's just brilliant that I've met you this is fantastic and so I quickly I, I messaged my friend be like never guess who I've just met he fires back a message straight away, and I'm like, he says hi. <laughs> Just a, a funny, funny story there. But the operation, what they were exercising, what they were out on range doing, it relied on everyone in that team doing their part and playing their part. And without that, the back door was left open, and things spilled out. And, and why that's, for me, relevant to this message is because people could come into this space They could encounter God, a seed could be sown, but unless we all of us help create an environment and a culture of discipleship and play our part, they will come in and they will go out. They will come in, something will be sown, and then it will be stolen. And this this series we're talking about is, is all about expansion. And if we believe that God is wanting to send more people into this church community to hear the good news of Jesus, then the responsibility is on us to create an environment where they can hear it, but then grow in their faith, where they can go deeper in their relationship with God, yes, and then with each other, where there can be real relationships that last and that can be helpful and that can be challenging and that can be encouraging. And to, to create this environment where people can grow. 
I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of something where the front door's great, the back door's wide open. Yeah. 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 Like, God, help us create a church. Help us to, to be a part of a community yeah. where that, that thing's shut. Where, like, and let's, let's be honest, like, one church isn't going to be for everyone. Like, it, it's, it's going to be impossible to create the perfect church which matches every need and disciples in the perfect way. Um, that's just going to be impossible. But, but for who we've been called to reach... And for the people God wants us to, to, to invest into, like, God, help us create a space where it's easy to grow, where we're passionate about growing one another, where we're, where we're keen to see discipleship flourish in this house, that we can go out into the world and we can make a difference with, with a faith and a confidence and a depth to what we believe and a knowledge to why we believe it. Um, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have is what it says in Peter. Like, like let, let's, let's create spaces where we can encourage and train and build up. And I think at this point, I just wanted to acknowledge and thank God for um, like the amazing uh, grow group leaders that we have in this church that like, have faithfully pastored small groups of people for, for years now. And, and just to, to publicly acknowledge you, um, like doing that through the, the pandemic was, was difficult but you faithfully did and we thank God for you and we celebrate you because, because that is exactly what we need it's, it's, it's a community and it's a culture where people are actually being discipled and praying with one another and sharing things with each other and, and growing together in faith so we thank God for you we honour you um, if you have led a small group um, but, but that's the journey that we're now on as a church is figuring that out this year. And, and are you okay to, to come with us on that? Um, because th- we can't just go, okay, um, I'm going to come, and then the discipleship aspect will lead to the people that lead the grow groups, um, or we'll leave that to the people that hold a microphone, or that'll be someone else's job. Like, I believe to create a culture of discipleship, that's on all of us. Because, because discipleship, like really, where does it take place? Like these things matter, like a moment where the word is preached, it makes a difference, yes. But for me, like from my own experience, discipleship has taken place in the week and around a dinner table and on a walk or on a run, uh, in conversations with friends, like when we're going out on mission, it's in the going, it's in the walking, it's in the imitating. That's where it matters and that's where we can all play our part. Because we can all talk to someone here. We can all invite someone around our house. We can all ask one another, hey, do you need any prayer for anything? Can I do anything in, in your world? Should we hang out? Should we go on a walk? Should we play football with one another? Should we go up Robinswood Hill? I'm just going to start saying random things now, so I'll stop there. Um, but what is it? What is it that you and I can do to help play our part to keep that back door shut and to create a culture and an environment where people can grow in their faith? So discipleship, it's, it's a decision personally to follow Jesus. Jesus, I, I'm, I'm giving my life, I'm laying things down, I'm fixing my eyes on you, I'm going to follow you. But then it's something that we do in community with one another. Um, and, and really, that's, that's the, the thought for this evening, uh, what tonight's about. So for the month of January, we're going to be doing prayer meetings in the evening, six or seven. And tonight is going to take place on Zoom, because uh, we wanted, wanted to host it from, from everyone's house. Um, and the idea is, like, that's where discipleship takes place. Uh, it's in our houses. It's around our dinner tables. So we've encouraged people just to, um, you, if you were on Church Street, you would have got an email with the Zoom link. If you haven't had that email, or if, like me, you, you've um, spammed all of Amy's emails, um, 
I'm joking, I don't spam Amy's emails, I go straight to, straight to the top of my priority list. Um, you will get the link in there. If you haven't got that, head to the team at the back um, and they'll have a link. Uh, they'll be able to, to share it with you. Um, and we want everyone to, to jump on the Zoom tonight um, and, and invite each other around each other's houses. Like, so if you haven't got a place to go, like, maybe just look a little bit lonely after when the lights come back on. Um, but, but ask someone, say, have you got anything on this evening? Um, can you come around my house? Uh, put food on with one another, spend some time with one another, and it's going to be a 15-minute call where we're just going to do communion together in our houses. Um, if you've not got anyone to do that with, please jump on the call anyway. Don't, don't feel like you can't just because there's no one else in your, in your house. Because we just want a moment where we can um, pray this into, into being and just like pray a prayer of blessing over our homes that they would be spaces known for love and joy and hope um, and where people can find the good news of Jesus and, and grow in their faith. Um, I, as, I am so grateful for uh, the men and women of God in this church that have taken the time to help me on my discipleship journey uh, and pray for me and invite me around for food um, and, and just love on, on my family. And I am who I am um, and I have the depth of faith that I have today because of that and because of this community. And my prayer is that many, many, many more people would know that in this place. Um, and this would be a place um, that is known for growth and it will be a, there will be a strong culture of discipleship in this house. Amen? Um, it's been a bit different today. Some, some challenging thoughts, some things for us to think about. But, but where I want to land then is, is for you personally in your faith. Like, What is your next step? Um, are, are you moving? Um, are you, are you uh, following what God wants you to do? Is there something that Jesus is calling you to, an adventure that he's calling you on? Like, What's that next step? And I encourage you to take it. I'll finish with this, that um, this isn't a matter of you like trying hard to keep up with Jesus now. Um, I, I did a run a few years ago and they have um, people who are, oh, what's the word for them? I'm looking, I'm looking at Barry. Uh, they're, they Pacemakers, is that it? Yes, pacemakers. They have these large banners um, and on the banner it says the time that they're going to run the race. And if you want to run the race in that time, you keep up with them. They keep the pace. Thank you, Barry. He ran it with me. Um, and, and we saw the time that we wanted and we did our best to keep up with that pacemaker um, and then just failed miserably. And then I think we were overtaken by two more pacemakers. <laughs> I, oh, tried to trip one of them up. Go away, pacemaker, with your massive stupid banner. Um, but Jesus isn't this supernatural pacemaker that's saying, come on, keep up, be better, try harder, grow more, learn more, ah, you can do this. Like, what does he promise in the Great Commission? Let's just go back to that at the beginning, the end of it. Let's read it together. If we can get the Great Commission, Matthew 28 up on the screen, please. We'll throw that up there and then we'll read it nice and clearly. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So on this adventure, on this journey, on this wonderful life of discipleship that Jesus has called you to, he is far more like a parent holding his toddler's hand going, come on, follow me, you can do it, come on, take a next step, you can do it. If you've fallen over recently, come on, get back up again, you can do it. If you're struggling recently, if you're feeling a little bit fatigued, Jesus is right there with you. Surely I am with you in this moment to the very end of the age. And he looks at you in the eye and still says, come on, follow me, follow me. 
follow me commit to this come on discover the life that I've called you to follow me follow me Come on. I'm just going to pray. What we've said each week will give everyone the opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. So if that's you in this place or watching online, um, and maybe you once followed Jesus, but now you no longer do. Maybe there are things that have just got in the way, and you know in this moment you need to make a fresh decision to say, Jesus, I am following you. Whatever you have for me, I want to pursue that. Like right now you can make that commitment and that decision. Or maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you've never prayed the prayer to say, Jesus, I want to put down the things in my life and I want you to be the Lord of my life and follow you. You can do that right now in this moment. So let's have a moment of prayer, reflection, bow your head, close your eyes. Um, and I'm just going to pray for you. And you can say amen at the end of this prayer at home or online. You can say amen at the end of this prayer as well. If you want to make the decision today to follow Jesus. So Lord, we thank you for your call. Thank you that you see each and every one of us in this room and you have a wonderful plan for us and that you want to be a part of our lives and you invite every single one of us to follow you, to be your disciple. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this moment that knows right now they hear your call, they feel stirred. I pray that they would respond to you with faith and they would take a step towards you now knowing that you step towards them in this moment, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you, if you prayed that with me and meant it and said, Jesus, I want to follow you in this moment, um, we would love to help you process what that means. Team at the back, wonderful team that would just love to help you process that. Online, you can get in contact with us. Um, just to say, I prayed that prayer, or tell someone that you came with, I prayed that prayer. I want to know what it means to follow Jesus uh, with my life. You can do that. Or sign up for Alpha as well. Um, great place to outwork some of these things. Um, please, let's all stand. Conscious time is slipping away. And we're going to finish with this last song. This is my testimony. Let's sing loudly together, church.